The following is a Joel Mahalik production. The following episode of the Joel Mahalik Show takes place between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon, and uh, I am Joel Mahalik, and over here on the other side of the table is the lovely Sharon. Mm-mm. So, welcome <laughs> to the program. Hi, guys. Uh, you can find us on the web at www.jmtalk.net, and you can find us on social media at... Uh, O-M-G. I'm going to need to put this like up on the wall. I'm going to have to paint this on the wall. Maybe I can get somebody to make vinyl letters for me to put on the wall. <laughs> so I can just look up there and I can be like, TikTok and Facebook at JM Talk, Instagram and Twitter at JM Talk Radio. There See? you go. Also send us an email, joelmaholicradio at gmail.com if you so choose to do so. So that's where we're located. Yeah. They're all the little particulars. <clears throat> so, uh, new shows come out on Sunday. Doesn't necessarily mean we're recording on Sunday. And after we wrapped up recording last week's podcast, yes. which we talked about the Gabby Petito case, yes, uh, we found out that there was an update, and it was too late for last week. But that's okay, right? Because we there's can, always next week. There's always next week. So apparently, uh, what we found out after we wrapped up recording for the program is that a notebook was found by the Denver FBI. Uh, Wait a minute. No, Florida, by his body. Denver analyzed it, though. They may have sent it out to the FBI in Denver, but... Wow, I mean, there's an FBI in every state. Absolutely. So anyway, uh, so they found a notebook, which was apparently discovered near the body, or the alleged, as you would say, alleged body of Brian Laundrie. And in the notebook, he claimed responsibility for beating and strangling Gabby Petito back in August. Which the parents knew right? back in August. Uh, well, you know, again, you show up without your girlfriend. Fiance. Fiance. You show up without her. In her car. So. With her cards and yeah, her and money. What's funny is, like, the, at least the local police never... Really marked him as a prime suspect. At least so they said to Be, us. But in my eyes, the minute you rolled back into town without her, you're a suspect. The minute you walked away from her, right? But I mean, you know, to to, to the uh, to um, society, when you arrived back at your parents' house and yeah. you did not have her, yeah, you're a prime suspect as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. And he wasn't a suspect in anything until the FBI issued a federal warrant for his arrest because he spent $1,000 on her credit card post her death. Right. Posthumously. But, so here's the other thing that I, because this is what brought it up last week. I was really driving mad about the fact that nobody was talking and somebody knew something, obviously. Yeah. So if that wasn't bad enough, 
nobody is facing charges for anything. That's ridiculous. Cases, cases basically need to closed. Need go to jail. No, the Kate, parents need to go to jail. I would agree that something needs to be done because you can't tell me you knew nothing. Right. There's just too many. Uh, like you point out, a lot of inconsistencies. Absolutely. From the time he came home. Yep. So I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. Something, somebody knew something, but no. Um, it, no one's going to no get charged. And, and you can't tell me the fact that the parents have a little in with the politics of Florida, that that doesn't play into the fact that there are no charges being held against them. None. Right. You can't tell me. You will not ever convince so they me. So they do have political they connections? They do have political connections, yes. Wow. That I didn't yes. know. Yes. Right. And if you said that, I don't recall you saying that. Yes. I said it, but... But okay. but we on we here on this program didn't spend a lot of time on no, it. No, so. I mean we we didn't because, um, with my memory the way it is, um, and I don't write things down to try and remember every single detail about a case um, is very very difficult for me. So when we were talking about it, um, we didn't. I didn't have anything in front of me. You know, I was just trying to go off a of memory. And so, there you have it. You yep. know. Also, it's not like we're a true crime podcast. No. Although, the thought has crossed my mind. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> the thought has crossed my mind. That would be so... We should do it. We should do it. There's a lot involved in doing uh, that, though. You know what? I know. I know. And it sounds so fun. <laughs> it, it would. Be, it would be fun. And I know this sounds strange because we're saying we're saying yeah, this would be fun. You have to realize we we found out uh, yesterday. We found out that there was a docu. I found out there was a documentary that somebody made on the I forty killer. Which is I didn't Delaware's know there was only such a thing. Yeah, and that's why I sent you the video, that creepy yeah. video, because I'm like, you know what, she doesn't even know. Like I just found yeah. out like a year ago that Delaware only ha- had one serial killer. Yeah. And uh, when I found out there was a documentary, then I I went through high and hell water to find an avenue for us to get in and watch it. And yeah. last night we So that's what we did for enjoyment. We watched a documentary on the I forty killer. <laughs> Here in Delaware. And that's, we do that a lot, you and I. We'll sit, we'll hear about some, or we'll be flipping through Netflix or one of the other channels and and see, you know, a true crime documentary. And we're like, oh, and we start watching it and then we get completely engrossed in it. Right. And we're, you know? we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're doing the yeah. internet sleuth thing and <laughs> things like that. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. So. so, so just back to this, just this. So, um, according to the FBI in Denver, uh, special agent there said all logical investigative steps have been concluded in this case. The investigation did not identify any other individuals other than Brian Laundrie directly involved in the tragic death of Gabby Petito. You know who else should be um, should be held accountable? The Moab Police Department. Oh, well, obviously because as you said they you know They let them go. They yeah. let him be the victim yeah. and her be the aggressor. Yeah, Come I mean yeah, there's just so much as things about this including so including stupid right now. 
all the all the teams all the hours searching that swamp area and then it wasn't until the parents said oh we'll help and they show up and right away they find what a backpack or a bag or something right and she (laughs) was carrying a backpack no cameras around them she pulls a little something something out of her backpack and says look and the you notice the bag that the father was carrying was completely dry right in an area that was recently flooded yeah. Come on. So the FBI did not specify what exactly was in the notebook. <clears throat> However, and this, I don't know if you know this or not, but they found, apparently he had Gabby's phone. Brian Laundrie did. Oh. So he was texting each phone. As if he... As if Gabby was still alive. Oh. I guess in case anybody was going to pull records, they would, and they would think that she was still alive. So wow. for some time after she what died... POS. <laughs> some time after she died, he was he was making, you know, um, texts between his phone and Petito's phone to try to mislead people into thinking that she was dead. Thinking she was still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, I'm sorry. The mother the father the son are all pieces of yeah there's something there's something to be said about sugar honey iced tea (laughs) there's something to be said about this whole situation that's just ugly to the core yeah Moab Police Department I'm telling I'm gonna when we get done here I'm telling you I'm gonna do a little bit of research a little bit of internet sleuthing to find out what happened to the Moab Police Department and those specifically those officers that were on that scene that held Gabby Petito accountable for anything that had to do with those two because they did they made her out to be the victim I mean her out to be the the aggressor the aggressor yeah so and it's so funny because even and, and even even in that if they could have done something to permanently separate them, you know what I mean? Yeah. At that point, instead of just a temporary, right. you know, why well, don't you stay in a hotel tonight, you stay in this hotel, you know, and then you guys can cool off or whatever. They could have done something maybe on a more permanent basis. Well, not really. Well, yeah, I guess the law doesn't yeah, allow them to do no, that, you but, know. You know, this is not Russia. We do still live in the United States, sort of, but, you know. So, uh, I guess for all intents and practical purposes, the case is the case is closed. So we can stop talking about it from now on. Really? Can we? Can we now? We can still, you know, grind our teeth and, you know, raise our fists. It's just incredible to me that 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 that's it. Yeah. That, that's it. That's it. Less than a year later, what was it? It's August, September, October, November, December, January. Five months later, case is closed. I don't want to hear anything about it. And what about the grieving parents, the grieving yeah. family of what about of her? What about how many other people are just like, you know, like I don't know, have that look like I sort of have? Like, wait a minute, yeah, let's take a step back. How right. did you come home without her? And your parents know nothing, right? No one knows nothing. Yeah. What did and you, you tell your parents? Know the moment moment after it happened you were calling your parents mommy yeah. Danny, I just and if you her. have if you have any Come on. if you have any fleeting thought that the parents did not know anything 
then all you need to do to come to terms with that being the truth is just realize that no one was talking to the press or the police. Yeah. Or if they were talking to the police, the police would come out of the house and have nothing to say. Right, well... So come on. But the attorney came out and said, I told them not to talk. Yeah, and well, the, the attorney must be a Who piece of work, you? too. First of all, to tell them not to... All you can do, sir, is advise them. Yeah. Well, he did more than that because he arranged an agreement between both families as to who will get what property that you know like like who's going to get the notebook who's going to get this who's going to get that oh come on so he must be some real well connected and getting a lot of money kind of lawyer because you know he's he's got more involvement you know who he reminds me he reminds me of if you've never seen i know you saw parts of it because i watch it almost every time i come across it man on fire the remake yeah with denzel washington and uh yeah, the lawyer in there that was handling the quote-unquote kidnapping and just the way he was connected to that. Oh, yeah. Every time I think about this issue and this story and this scenario, that lawyer makes me think of Jordan Kalfas, the lawyer from Man on yeah. Fire, and just right. how he was so connected and made so many arrangements that your lawyer just doesn't usually do. Right, exactly. But theirs did. Well. So... I don't. And, yeah. I, I think for a lot of internet podcasters and that a lot of internet whole family lawyer, everything to do with them, disgust me. Yeah, and it, it, you know it's not going to be over as far as internet sleuths, internet investigators, internet podcasts. Oh, I know they're going to stay on this, looking for answers and looking for answers. And yeah. it's amazing some of the stuff that they turned up. Like when we watched that documentary, I couldn't believe some of the things that people on the internet were, were turning up. I know. You know. I know. The bottle that was in the other family, seen, the dash cam. Yeah, right. That, but. Um, down in Florida, the bottle that was found by these internet sleuthers <laughs> who went and um, they were videoing themselves walking through the park and they found the bottle that was seen in a previous video that Gabby made. It was in their truck. So, well, come on. Well, apparently the, uh, the story behind the notebook being found was also came from somebody from the internet that pointed out that there were several Instagram posts that showed him with a green colored notebook. Mm -hmm. And so apparently the tip-off came to Um, that. So, Well. Maybe they had it, didn't pay much attention to it or whatever, but I don't know. No, they said when they found it, quote-unquote found it, um, that they were going to have to dry it out and see what it said you know so come on Hmm. the whole thing i'm sorry is just outright ridiculous yeah and a damn shame outright ridiculous a damn shame for gabby and her family oh sure and any other woman or male that goes through this yeah you know that is I mean, if determined missing or... And then those two women that worked in the co-op that Gabby and Brian were at, they were found murdered. 
So, uh, same area. Uh, yeah, I remember from the documentary. Yeah. That was not, it was not a big piece of the story, right, but, uh, but nevertheless. So, do you think Brian did that? Well, that's, that's the What do you think? Senses. What do you think? Um, uh, personally, I don't think he did it, but that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. I was wrong once. No, I was right about that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it is, but it is awful, awful suspect. It is, you know, it is also awful, suspicious, uh, concerning, everything else about it, and just you know how, and it just happened along the way there, like you know, yeah. And then you know, with the police, with Moab is who stopped. I keep, I keep getting yes, confused. Moab is the one that stopped. Not Florida. Moab's the police Moab. department in Arizona or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Over where she so was So the going. fact that, you know, there was a problem when they stopped them. So that whole trip could could be really interesting. Like, what else might they find out about that entire trip? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. It's I weird. I mean, there's... The Pandora's box waiting to be opened, potentially, know. you know? Yeah. Exactly. So you're going to start sleuthing the Moab Police Department? Yeah, I am. I really am. Remind me. <laughs> Here, let me write that down for you. Yes, please. I was thinking Moab was the Florida community. No, Moab is out in Moab. Wow. Yes. It's a good thing. And I Moab did. is not in Florida. <laughs> I thought it was. No, you're wrong. Okay, so um, anyway, we'll... We'll have to see if more comes out of that. That's what we have so far at this point. Yeah. But as you said, the case is closed, so the only thing that's going to come out of it is any internet sleuth or... And the reason the, and the reason I say it's closed, they're not saying it's closed, but it's stated that no one's going to be charged for anything. Right. So it's basically, so, okay, we found him dead. He admitted to killing her. See you later. Bye-bye. Right. E- easy peasy, lemon squeezy. They can wrap it up and put it in the file drawer. Right. It doesn't even become a cold case. Right. Exactly. To them, it's a done deal. Yep. And apparently, you know... Anyway, we're coming close to the break, and I'm just, I, I'm just so angry about the angle of the parents. His parents. That's the, that's the thing that just yes. angers me to death. Yes. But anyway, so we got uh, Wombat of the Week coming up uh, in the next portion, as well as some other things. And uh, later on, I know I talked about Microsoft last week. I'm going to be talking about Microsoft again this week. And it's not all that good. Plus, can video games help medically with your stress? Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more coming up after this. This is New York Super Oldie Station, 920 WON. The Apple, Brooklyn, New York. The following conversation is real. It took place on Tuesday, June 8th of 2004 between a Blonde Star advisor and a subscriber. Blonde Star emergency. This is Steve. Is there an emergency in your vehicle? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've locked myself in my car, and the keys are on the outside. Ma'am. Oh, my God. Ma'am, I need you to calm down. Okay. It's, it's just that the windows are rolled up, and I'm starting to sweat. My keys are on the outside. Now, your keys are on the outside of the vehicle? Yes. Oh, my God. Now, does your car have automatic locks? or? Uh, yes, 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 okay, yes. Okay. Here's what I need you to do. Take hold of the inside of your door handle there. Are you doing this? 
Um. The shiny thing. Grab the oh. shiny thing. Uh, okay, I've got it. I've got it. Okay, now give that a tug. Okay. Did it open? Yes. Oh my God! Thank you. Okay, now what is that noise? Oh, that's not door alarm. Yeah, but that only happens if the keys are in the ignition, hun. Oh my God! You know what? Your keys are actually in your ignition. Yes. Okay. Oh my God! Thank you so much, Blondstar. That's why we're here. Do you need anything? Blondstar. Always on, because you're always blonde. Welcome back to the show, folks. It's the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. Uh, thanks for joining us on what, if you're keeping track, would be known as show 158. You're looking at the sound floor. You're doing fine. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just making sure. No, because what you see here is would be bleed over from me getting into your mic from over oh, here, which, okay. is, which is normal. Okay. But if we stayed silent, but we can't do it for long, if we stayed silent... The floor is like empty, so it works. Okay. okay just we're moving our mics around. Um, okay. So here's a real problem these days. Inflation. Inflation is a real problem. It's up. The consumer inflation, uh, they said, is up in December because, you know, you don't get these numbers right away. 7%. 7 to wow. 8, 7 to 8%. And we, we do see that. Like last week at the grocery store... I wanted to run myself over at some of the prices. I know. know? And it's ridiculous. Of course, we go to Aldi and Walmart to keep prices down. And we're going to probably have to swing more from the Aldi because, I mean, you get good, you can, we still got good pricing on meats at the Aldi. Oh, yeah. You know? And it's not bad stuff. You know, what just came to my mind, we used to do all Aldi, right? Back when we it had, used to be all Aldi, and we had to go to Walmart for a couple things right, that Aldi but just doesn't it have. Was right? That back when we had the kids, and you know, it was before even grandkids and all that. You might and be talking about save a lot. No, even even that, it doesn't matter. Um, but now it's just me and you, and the way the economy is at the at this point. We find ourselves having to go back to that. Yeah. You know, when before we found, you know, it was just me and you, so we could, you know, just stop at the store on the way home from work. And it, yeah, was it convenient? No, it wasn't. Was it a kind of expensive? Yes, but it was manageable. Yeah. And now it's not even manageable. So now to get one week of groceries is costing us what it used to cost us not too long ago for two weeks of groceries. At least. And we're back up to about the four to five person household grocery expense for two people. Yeah. And we don't eat like pigs. It's not even that. Right. It's, you know, the what's helping a lot, though, is our meal planning. Oh, yeah. By the way, you know. so yeah, that's a really good point. We'll mention it while we're talking about inflation. If you don't meal plan, you really should. Uh, so consider this a Joel Mahalik show hack, right? Yeah, Life hack. there you go. Uh, meal planning is has saved us money. Um, really, where we get erratic is when we go, oh, I got to have that. I got to have And we do end up buying those extra things. Yeah. But when we sit down and we make a plan of what we're going to have for dinner, 
Lunches are easy. I eat yeah. soup. I eat tuna. Right. I'll have tuna and soup. You know, sandwich and soup. My right. lunches are easy. You never eat lunch. Um, you know, right. my breakfasts are easy. So <clears throat> it's all the same kind of stuff over and over and over again. It's cheap stuff. But when we plan our meals for dinner, we plan them and then we build the shopping list. Right. Based on that. So we're going and getting targeted items. Right. To make these meals and it helps control the costs. Oh, it does. It really does. Instead of walking into a grocery store unplanned, not knowing exactly what you're going to buy, you know, and saying, oh, I, going by what you see, you see um, a roast and you're like, oh, I could do this one night. Or, you know, without realizing you got the roast, but did you get everything else right. that goes with that roast? You know, it, that's what I'm talking about. You just walk into the store and don't even go shopping hungry. Yeah, that's another mistake, too. It's a big, <laughs> that's big, big mistake. mistake. <laughs> because if you're hungry, everything you see, you want. Everything you see, you're in the mood for. So I went to the dollar store this week. Because, uh, you know, we needed toothpaste and mouthwash. And I'm like, well, I'll run over to the dollar store and grab them. Right. And the mouthwash, this is Dollar General, was like $5. Oh, I know. Which is insane. Yeah. And then the two-pack of Crest was, it was still affordable, but it was up about almost a dollar, I would say. Uh, at, le- at least. So, and then, the you know, a couple weeks ago, we had lunch meat for dinner one night. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when we'll do that again. The prices at the deli are up like two bucks a pound on across the board. Absolutely, and that's on sale. It's <laughs> so yeah. So there's a big story that came out in the Washington Post last week, and it has to do with the fact that um, companies did a lot in the last year or two with COVID to try to make sure that. You know, when you usually get raises, you really get garbage raises. You really do. I get garbage raises every year. I'm not even afraid to admit it. Right. Um, And so they call it cost of living increase. Right. You know, and uh, we're lucky if we get 2%. But in the last year or two, every other company but mine has been doing things to give larger increases because they wanted to reward employees that stayed. Uh, make sure that because with the sh- the the, um, the shortages and the um, uh, the backlog, we say it all the time. What's the word about all the shipping stoppages and oh, oh my goodness, production, supply chain issues. Yes, supply yes, chain yes, issues. Yes, yes. You know, um, so they got a, a a good wage for the inflation. Well, the inflation has gone to the point has gone up to the point where it is excuse me essentially erased these kinds of increases. Absolutely, the increase you got last year means nothing now because inflation is taking it from you. Yep. And um, I'm at the point now. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> I'm at the point now where I just don't understand anymore uh, what the holdup is. I don't want to hear shortages. You know, we're. Right. I think we're beyond the pandemic thing. In fact, that's all my cardiologist this week. He thinks it's going to be over by summer. Oh, really? Pretty interesting for a doctor to tell you that. 
Yeah. But um, it's... You can't use this excuse forever. I think people are starting to wisen up. Oh, so sure. what's really the problem with getting the shipping containers in? Um, I don't know what's going on in Canada. Uh, I heard that like uh, thousands of truck drivers were fired in Canada. Apparently, the truck drivers are controlled by the government because the prime minister did this. So, like, I don't know what's going on up there, but um, <laughs> you know. <sighs> Wow. I just, I would love to get real opinions from people, not news stories, not opinion pieces, not podcasts, not TikTok. I would love to hear from people in other parts of the world to find out if they're having these problems, if they're having oh, supply yeah. chain problems. You know, I'm yeah, not a, cons- a, I'm not a conspiracy thought. theorist, but I just sometimes feel like, you know, the. There was a there was a point in time in the past year or so, two years that this happened, and I just don't know if I can relate it all in my mind to the pandemic. Um, I know. I am so 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 tired of hearing. Well, we don't have it because of the pandemic, because people don't want to work, so we have to cut our hours and not be open on a weekend you know it doesn't matter that we're a pharmacy whom people that work throughout the week depend on a pharmacy to be open on the weekend yeah and they're not and they blame it on the fact that nobody wants to work now why does nobody want to work because in the beginning of the pandemic anybody that was not working could apply for unemployment benefits Mm -hmm. and get an additional additional $650 a week. Yeah, but even... Yeah, but that just put that little seed in people's heads. But even that's gone. I I get it that it's gone. It's gone, yes. But it put the seed in people's heads. And now it's grown into a full-blown tree. And people were like, well, hey, government said I need, didn't need to work. It pandemic's out there. I don't need to work. Who cares? Well, they'll, they'll also be the ones that take it to that extreme will also be the ones that are losing their houses and their families are getting thrown out in the street. And, uh, well, you know, you, you, sympathy only goes so far. Right. You know what I mean? And now you cannot pass by a business without a sign that says help wanted. Right. And that's pathetic because nobody will work. That is correct. And the, um, so, you know, uh, like, er- and everything's gone up. I mean, my student, my student loans went up, which I'll be paying for until, you know, our great, great, great grandchildren die. They'll be paying for it. But, um, the um my student loans just went up um our housing's about to go up because our homeowner's insurance went up our homeowner's insurance only went up because inflation the exact percent that our homeowner's insurance went up is the exact amount of inflation the same percentage as inflation because the amount to rebuild our house 
has gone up by that inflated cost of materials. Yep. <clears throat> so everything's going up, but how do you? Here, here it gets worse to live. Oh yeah, definitely. Now here's a story for you. This couple I know. Um, they are building a house, okay, and they are purchasing. Um, you know, building a house from scratch, you know, really nice house, and production of this house halted because there is no lumber. There is no the products that they need to continue to build the house has gone dry. So what do they do? Is it still halted? Yes. Because I work for a construction company. We had a halt for a while, but we're, we're rolling again. Okay, but this was as of last week. So, or two weeks ago. We were halted for the same reasons, but we're back on. We're uh, moving again. Well, I mean, maybe they'll find that the people constructing their house, you know. And that's the whole thing about the lumber thing. When there was a lumber shortage, they said... Why were we seeing videos of truckers at the lumber yards being like, well, there's all the lumber. Yeah. We're just waiting to haul it. Right. Like, why <laughs> were lumber yards not able to put the lumber on the trucks? I don't understand. Like, there's things that, like, I'm again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but there are certainly some things that make you go, yes. hmm. Right? Exactly. It's ridiculous. This whole situation is ridiculous yeah they were saying like the shipping container problem was like well we can get the ships in but we don't have any trucks and then like in the next couple of days you see people on youtube and facebook and tiktok being like hey hey i'm a trucker and look at this 65 trucks in a line waiting to be loaded it's not our problem like you know like again, yeah don't blame I, I, it I always, on us i always right. i always tell you don't get your news from these sources but Who's going to fake a line of tractor trailers waiting to be hooked up to with a container so they can go? Right. How do you fake that? Right. But you notice Walmart gets their stuff, you know. Walmart's got shipping containers. Half their parking lot's blocked off because it's all shipping containers. Wow. Remember that? Like as we were leaving last week. That's true, yeah. The whole two rows down the end are just roped off because it's all shipping containers. Wow. And still, so you what, go in they there. They don't have the employees to empty the. <laughs> I have no idea. No Let's idea. Let's see if I can do this without making a lot of floor noise. <laughs> so, ta-da! Um, so, uh, speaking of inflation, so the you know, Sorry. there's good news everywhere and somewhere. So, billionaire Mark Cuban, um, I I'm not entire. I want I don't want to say I entirely sure I know what he does. I know he's an influencer through LinkedIn. He's really, okay. you know, then that's where I know him from. I'm not sure what his background is, but so he launched an online low-cost pharmacy that offers affordable generic versions of 100 life-saving medications. Uh, his goal is to fundamentally transform how the notoriously confusing and shady the industry operates and to make medications more affordable for all. Now, I looked very small section for diabetes, and really the only thing that I take would be the metformin. And if I went through their 
I would save like six dollars. So you have to wonder if it's yeah, you know right. Um, maybe you should look at his list too. But anyway, so his plan is to have radical transparency in pricing. Um, he the, uh, they charge a standard fifteen percent markup on the manufacturing cost of the medic medications on the medications. <laughs> Pharmacies typically charge a 100% markup on generic drugs, according to industry experts, with some charging as high as 1,000%. Now, this is a really good example because this, I'm, gonna, I'm about to talk to you about a, a life-saving drug that has been um, the blunt of a lot of negative news in the past couple years. For example... Cuban's new pharmacy is charging $47 for a life-saving leukemia drug. I forget the name. I thought I had the name of it here, but its normal retail price is $9,657 a month. What? Yes. A month. So That's ridiculous. He may not cover you know, some of the things I, like I was hoping he could. Oh, I, know. I was hoping he did Jardians because I mean I have to go out of country to be able to afford Jardians, you know. Right. And he's not doing any of the insulins. Right. Um, but and maybe he's not doing that because most states have passed or are passing laws that are supposed to bring the copay down. Right. But so the CEO of his online pharmacy, Alex Hishmansky, says we will do whatever it takes to get affordable pharmaceuticals to patients. Um, the markup on potentially life-saving drugs that people depend on is a problem that cannot be ignored. It is imperative that we take action and help expand access to these medications for those who need them most. <clears throat> the company, they do not take insurance because that would force them to have to work with certain manufacturers that would require increased pricing. Now, if you want to get his drugs, you still have to get a new prescription from your doctor to send to them. They right. still do take the prescription. They're not just going right. to give you this stuff. Oh, sure. But um, but they won't work. Like You can't say, well, here's my insurance card. This, right. is, this, is, this is bottom line pricing. Right? I like, mean, I wouldn't mind paying $47 for a life-saving leukemia drug. Right. You know, I think I could scrape up $47 for that. Yeah. You know? Versus 9600 absolutely. Right, exactly. So what I find interesting about this story is, will that... Because I know Amazon's been wanting to get into the pharmaceutical business. And I wonder two things. What does this do for other online retailers that want to get into it, like Amazon? What does this also do to, does this do any damage? Or how does the pharmaceutical community get into damage control on something like that? The pharmaceutical industry. Right, right. You know, because remember, it's better to have you for a lifetime making you take pills than it is to actually solve your problem. Right. So... Um, I don't know. That is, it's weird. I'm moving it all around. It's a, it's a bump under my skin and my hand, but I'm able to move it like usually. Well, with, move it all the way up to your finger and then pop it out. Well, that's what, oh, but look, all right, see the bump? It's I right see there. that. Okay. Watch, I'm going to make it come all the way down here. Um, this is probably not interesting to anybody. And look, now it's all the way down there. See? Yeah. I can free move it. But what is it? You should have that checked out. That's <laughs> creepy. That is. Okay, so... I'm um, sorry, guys. Anyway, <laughs> I guess we'll let her go so she can play with the bump in her hand. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. And uh, when I come back, uh, we're going to talk about um, video games. Oh, cool. And Microsoft, the two big things when I come back. Uh, did you want to say goodbye? 
Well, I mean, if I'm allowed. All right, say goodbye, Sharon. Goodbye, Sharon. All right, folks, I'm coming back right after this. Hang out. Hi, this is Tara. You're listening to my puppy. So don't go anywhere. He'll be way back. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now there are vaccines and they are the very first step that let us get back to what we miss most. It's okay to have questions. Is it safe? Should I wait? Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Are you ready for some more Joel Mahalik show? I'd better not. Uh, I have what doctors call a little bit of a weight problem. I have the irrefutable proof that the earth is not flat. Here it is. If the earth was flat, don't you think cats would be on the edge of it knocking off? A new episode every Sunday at JoelMahalik.com.
Welcome back to the show, folks. It's Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. And what you just heard there was Vicki Jones and the song's called Summertime. Figure what the hey, play that since we're all suffering in snow and sub-zero degree temperatures. And um, we want it to be warm, dang it. So anyway, so there it is. The lovely Sharon has taken leave. And it's left to you and I to finish this up. So one of the things I want to talk about was Microsoft. Now, we talked about Microsoft last week in the program purchasing Activision Blizzard and how there's some good points and maybe some bad points. And one of the things I talked about was um, I felt like it was a little monopolous of Microsoft to do that. You know, just where they just gonna take up as much competition as they can. But, and I was like, <laughs> I was, one of the things I was saying was, how much money do they need? How much money does Microsoft need? So I get a call at work this week, and I'm an IT manager. So one of my vendors calls me this week, and he says, we have to talk about, um, Microsoft's new NCEs. Uh, okay. And this has to do with buying and purchasing their software. It's called the New Commerce Experience for Office, NCE. And he said, have you heard anything? Did Microsoft notify you? Did you get an email? I said, I know nothing about this. He goes, well, he said, that's what we're hearing from a lot of our customers is that Microsoft said they would notify everybody back in July and August of 2021. And they actually... What they're finding out is they did not. And now, <clears throat> the big push is on. You have until March 1st to, neg- to get this all done. So, what this is, this new commerce experience is, there's two ways to have an Office 365 subscription. Like, you know, you can still go out and buy the software, but it's become sort of a common practice because Microsoft has at least made affordable options for uh, families and single people to get the Office 365, which, okay, it's a subscription rate each year, but the fact of the matter is, the, the good thing about that is, you always have the latest version. When you buy Office for two, three, four, five hundred dollars $500, it will expire as part of the life cycle, predetermined life cycle for Microsoft software. So there's value in doing the Office 365, and we, so we started doing it at work a couple years ago, seeing the value, and uh, I've actually told all my clients that they should you know, get the family version, it's very affordable, and you will always have the latest version. So they also had a monthly option for businesses. Because with businesses, and especially during the pandemic, the monthly option allows you to, you're still committed to a year, but the monthly option allows you to pay monthly and add or subtract licenses. So maybe you have to quick add some people, you can add some licenses. You know, the traditional way of buying Office 365 annually is you pay for annually and you're stuck. If you need to add more, it's a, and if you need to add more licenses to a, uh, an annual subscription, it's a pain in the arse, I'm telling you. And you can't subtract. If you buy 30 licenses and you commit to a year, you pay for them annually, you, guess what? You've got 30 licenses for that year, even if 20 people leave. 
That's the way it is. So this new NCE for office says if you don't go to an annual subscription, you're going to face a 20% hike on your monthly rate to stay monthly. And for Microsoft, they view it as an opportunity to lock customers in longer arrangements, meaning potentially better visibility into revenue and less concern about things churning. So, you know, Microsoft can say that they can at least say, well, we have this many subscriptions, uh, we're getting annual payments, not monthly, and we don't have to worry about changes happening that will affect our revenue. Again, how much money do you need? Let me talk to you a bit about Microsoft. Microsoft is thriving. Its stock is up 46% this year, pushing its market cap past $2.4 trillion, while their revenue growth topped 20% in each of the past two quarters. So, again, I say to you, why do you need all this money? And there's a lot of people who are not happy about this. There's a petition at change.org asking the government to please, or for Microsoft to rescind this increase. Uh, Microsoft has had meetings with their partners, and they're not moving. They're not being flexible on this at all. And, you know, for me, you know, so we have 10 monthly licenses. So for me, it's not, well, I don't want to say it's not a big deal because really it is. I'm with the rest of the IT industry. It is a nightmare. Okay. <clears throat> sure, it doesn't affect as much, but it could have. Like most of these companies who are in, still in pandemic type moving or post coming out of the pandemic trying to figure things out they need to have that flexibility and what Microsoft does know is they're really the only game in town when it comes to office their strongest competitor is Google Apps that's their strongest competitor and it's free and of course you know for everybody but if you get Google for business you get some more features but here's the problem with Google Apps Google Apps is great, but as in my opinion, their Google Sheets, which is the Excel program, does not fully qualify as Microsoft Excel does. If they could get that figured out, they could give Microsoft a run for that 46%. You know, because um, I don't even know why... <clears throat> Uh, Microsoft still has such a large share in email because uh, last year or the year before, if you remember, I want to say last year, it was 2021, when that big problem came out with hackers and the exchange servers and how bad that was. And when you're using Microsoft Exchange, <laughs> you still need to have whitelists and blacklists. You still have... Uh, when I had to do that with regular pop email... Before at work, we went to Google Apps. Before going to Google Apps, that was a full-time job trying to monitor the spam lists, the blocking lists. When we went to uh, Google Mail, Google, it's now it's called G Suite. <clears throat> or no, now it's called Google Workspace. They keep changing the name. 
But when we went to them, basically spam control was over. They are the best in the business when it comes to spam blocking. So I think it's I think it's a name. But there's certainly other options out there. And I really do wish, I really do wish that Google Apps or somebody, you know, there's other, you know, what about uh, Open Office? Completely free Office program, completely compatible with Microsoft Documents. But they all lack something about the Excel thing. I don't know what it is, algorithms or something, but there should be somebody else in the game. Me, I'm going to have to move these 10 uh, licenses over. And and uh, even though my other 30 licenses still have time left on them, I know Microsoft is going to want to re- redo everything March 1st. It's going to create a nightmare of credits and payments and everything else because it always does. Nothing you do with Microsoft is easy. Nothing. When it comes to enterprise and working with vendors and trying to get pricing and payments and things worked out, Forget it. Never easy. Okay, so moving on. There's Microsoft for you. Um, so there's been some things coming out about video games and health as far as stress relief. So, you know, especially the last... I'm so tired of saying, especially in the last year or two, especially during the pandemic. Especially last year. Especially the last year and change. <sighs> Be nice to stop saying that soon. Video games have become an increasingly vital form of entertainment for a lot of people, and especially over the last year and change. <laughs> You know, they're immersive in a way that television and books just aren't. I mean, a lot of people still get entertainment from those avenues, but... And video games will often <clears throat> engage a part of your brain that ends up just aimless, aimlessly scrolling through social media instead of actually relaxing. So, um, casual gaming is also on the rise. We're not talking about people that get into 10-hour, you know, gaming things or people that are on there all day we're talking about there have been a a high uptick in people that are just casual gaming i guess that would be me because i don't game a whole lot whole lot but so i guess i'm a casual gamer um but they're saying now that people who play casually may be burning off stress instead of making that game a crucial part of their identity um they're just kind of getting on there and they want to lower their stress. Now, according to a recent Nielsen report, more than half of U.S. residents played video games in 2020. And the gaming industry as a whole earned almost $140 billion over the course of the year, which is $20 billion more than 2019. Wow. I'm in the wrong business. But I brought my drink with me this time. So the question becomes, is it a good thing? Okay? Because a lot of people think it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. But, apparently, there has been some studies that show that aside from other stress-relieving activities, 
people are finding that if they game, they're less stressed. And it's not to say that gaming won't give you stress. Some games will. They do say that first-person shooters and fighting games um, or anything with a very challenging difficulty or challenging titles um, would not be considered stress, stress relievers. But when you're doing stuff like um, Stardew Valley um, or Alba, a wildlife adventure, or even doing things like Minecraft or Ark, things of those nature... You're just kind of like doing some routine stuff. You're doing it your, at your pace. You're not rushed into having to make <clears throat> rash decisions. Oh my God, I'm about to die. Someone's going to shoot me. I got to kill them. <clears throat> Whatever. And things like that uh, would be helpful to the stress on the brain. And um, so... So according to Wired Magazine, what they're saying is just because it feels good doesn't mean it's actually doing anything to improve mental health. However, escape can be a very good thing, and when it's used to avoid confronting problems and processing negative emotions, <clears throat> then uh, that wouldn't be healthy in the long term. So getting involved in, so again, they're going back to getting involved in um, games that would actually cause stress or you think it's giving you a temporary injunction of stress. You know, but playing a more calming game allows your brain to ease the stress and maybe allow you to think through some things that you can't think through otherwise because of the stress itself. Just something to think about. So, the results of a 2019 National Institutes of Health study which found that video games may reduce symptoms associated with depression, while also warning that violent video games may cause spikes in adrenaline, those levels quickly return to baseline, obviously after the player puts the controller down. But more recently, a study published in a peer-reviewed journal called the Royal Society Open Science found a small positive relationship between gameplay and active well-being for, ga- for gamers playing uh, some things like Animal Crossing, and plants versus zombies. Okay? So, uh, one other study, a peer-reviewed journal, Games for, for Health, focuses closely on these topics. And in a recent paper, they collected the findings of several reports focusing on the effects of simple, easy-to-use, casual video games. Go back to thinking plants versus zombies. How about Bejeweled? Bejeweled 2. Um, the casual video games... And their effects on stress, anxiety, and overall mental health being positive. Of the 13 studies reviewed, 12 showed positive outcomes for those games. And the paper concludes, all studies that examined mood and stress noted significant improvements when compared with a passive break, surfing the web, or a relaxing activity. So, I guess what they're saying is, hey, maybe not shooter games, but a nice relaxing game could be good for your mental health. Think about that. And obviously people have, because the uptick in casual gaming in over the past year has been crazy. Crazy. And lucrative for the gaming community. So, there you have it. Anyway, so that's going to be about it for this week's show. We did not get to the Wombat of the Week, so I'm sorry about that, but I promise you, it's going nowhere. It's nice and secure. We'll have it for you next week on the program. Uh, Remember to visit us at www.jmtalk.net. That's the web address. 
TikTok and Facebook at JM Talk, Instagram and Twitter at JM Talk Radio. Send us a line if you'd like at JoelMahalikRadio at gmail.com. So until next time, stay warm and be great because it is cold out there and we're all thinking of warmer climates and warmer seasons. So be good to one another and we'll catch you next week here on the program. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 